0: Christ is the sum and Christ is the substance of the gospel. That is why in the opening verse 1, we didn't read it, the Apostle Paul pens these words under God, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. You see, the gospel is here being described as the doctrine of Christ. He is its Alpha and Omega. Christ is its beginning and its last. He is beginning and end. He is its first and its last. And therefore when we come to these tremendous pictures of the Lord Jesus Christ we see our commencement with Christ. We see our continuing in fellowship and communion with Christ. And we see our final communion as we go, our final conclusion, sorry, as we go to be with Christ. And so tonight I want to leave these three very wonderful pictures of Christ that are found here. In the final verses of this chapter. Let me draw your attention first of all to the first picture of Christ. You'll find it in the verse 18. For it speaks of those, you and I, child of God, who have fled for refuge. We have fled for refuge. And the use of that word refuge, it reminds us tonight of the cities of refuge. It reminds us tonight of one who had slain someone unawares, and they were safe in that city of refuge whilst the high priest continued to live. Would you turn with me please over to Joshua chapter twenty and I want you to notice the verses there were six of them of course in Joshua chapter in Joshua chapter twenty verses seven to nine And I want you to notice that they're here mentioned even to us. I can't obviously spend all of the time upon this portion. There were only six of us. Six of them, of course, Christ is the seventh, the perfect, the eternal refuge, even of his people. But I want you to notice them here. The word Kedish, of course, there was the first one, and it speaks of holiness, it speaks of righteousness, it speaks of Christ, the one who is all holiness, and who has fulfilled all righteousness. There is, of course, secondly, Shechem, and that uh, means the shoulder. And I'm reminded tonight of Isaiah 9 and verse 6, of how that the government is upon a shoulder. Indeed, if you were to look at some of the commentators, they would speak of how those who were high up within a nation, they would carry uh, those tokens of the government upon their shoulder. But I'm reminded tonight of the Christ of God who carried the cross upon his shoulder as he went there to Golgotha's brow to die the just for we the unjust, that he might bring us and reconcile us unto God. There is, of course, Hebron. And that is fellowship. And it reminds us that we can know that renewed fellowship through the person and the work of our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there is Bezer. That speaks of a fortress. Safety. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and they are safe. And then there's Ramoth. The uplifting, the heights, the thought of Christ lifting, lifting us from the dung of sin and setting us among princes. And then, of course, there is uh, Gallon, uh, uh, Golden. Sorry, and that speaks of happiness. That reminds us of joy. The joy that Christ. That joy unspeakable. And full of glory. That Jesus Christ gives. To you and I believer. And here are those. Cities of refuge. And if you turn back with me again. Please to Hebrews chapter 6. As I told you. They were the place of refuge. Where the man could run. For safety. And for security. Whilst the high priest still uh, lived. And of course, whenever you turn to the book of Hebrews, uh, we have Jesus Christ, who is that high priest, after the order of Melchizedek, is mentioned there in chapter 6 and verse 20. And if you turn over to chapter 7 and the verse 25, uh, we're told there that he is able Verse, sorry, twenty-five. Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come on to God by him, seeing he ever liveth. O oh, Christ is that high priest that ever liveth, and so, child of God, you have run to Christ for refuge. Let me tell you tonight, he is our eternal refuge. You are safe forevermore in him, just as the one. Round to the city of refuge. A new safety and security. A new peace. Whilst the high priest lived. Tell me tonight. Have you fled to Christ for refuge? Have you sought him? For he is the only one. Who can give you refuge. From the judgment and the wrath. Of a holy God against sin. Here we have the refuge. And Paul could speak of these people having fled to him for refuge, these believers. I want to take you to the second picture tonight. I want you to notice that it's mentioned for us in the verse number 19. And there we have the mention of the veal. The mention of the veal. Now I know that heaven is being described here even as being within the veil. It reminds us of those truths that the glory of heaven is unseen and it is hidden from us. But whenever we think of the veil in scripture, we're reminded of the Holy of Holies and of that day of atonement. We're reminded as well of the person of our Saviour, Because remember that veil, how it had its different colors and each color reminds us of a different aspect of the person and of the work of our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. The blue teaches us that he is the Lord of Heaven. The purple reminds us that he is King of Kings. The scarlet speaks of that blood that he shed so willingly for us upon the cross at Calvary. And the fine twined linen reminds us of him who has fulfilled all righteousness. He who is absolutely pure. But the veil speaks of something else. And if you turn with me please over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And I want you to notice what the apostle there pens to these Hebrew believers. Hebrews chapter 10, and I want you to notice the verses 19 to 22. Verses 19 to 22. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over The house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart. In full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. And our bodies washed with pure water. And here here there is the thought of coming to the Lord. Even in prayer. We've looked at commencing the journey. Coming even to the place of refuge. To the person of refuge. That's what salvation is realizing there's no refuge there's no hope in us and coming to christ the place of refuge but now we have this continuing in communion and in fellowship with him the thought even of seeking the lord in prayer and we have boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of jesus and the question might well be asked tonight by you believer why have we these things Well, because Jesus Christ has made a new way. That word new is the thought that it's been newly revealed. I believe that we could also say that Christ's blood has been lately shared. It's a new way because it will never be old. It will never need to be replaced. What Jesus Christ has done at the cross is that which will last and is of eternal value and of everlasting worth. He's made a living way for the Lord Jesus is alive forevermore. He is our risen redeemer. And I want you to notice that it is through the veil that is to say his flesh. And tonight, Christian, we can approach the mercy seat with absolute confidence. You know, that was so unlike the Old Testament priest. He went into the Holy of Holies. I believe in somewhat of fear and trembling. Because if he were to neglect one of the smallest items, he could face certain death. I'm reminded tonight of Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus 11 where they offered strange fire unto the Lord and the fire fell upon them. And and you know, the high priest was taught that he had to worship God according to the pattern that God gave to Moses even in the mount. Well, let me make it very clear that God has designed our way of worship let me make it abundantly clear tonight that we are to worship God as He has designed and the pattern He has given, even in His Word. It's not a case that anything goes. We must worship Him in accordance with His Word and will. But to get back to the High Priest, let me remind you how they listened for those bells on His garments signifying that the, that the sacrifice, the offering, had been accepted. Did you know that the veil is mentioned seven times in the New Testament? It reminds us of a perfect and a complete work in Jesus Christ. And we have access to come to him boldly in prayer, even through the veil that is to say, his flesh, And you might say, what does that mean? Well, it's simply this. It means that through the merit of the life and the death of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, we can come with boldness. We can know communion and fellowship with our God, even in the place of prayer. So we commence as we flee to the refuge. We continue as we communion and fellowship through the merit and the worth of our saviour in prayer. But I want to spend a little longer tonight showing you, if you turn back with me to Hebrews chapter 6 again, let me show you the third and final precious picture of the saviour. In verse 20 we have it there. Whether the forerunner is for us entered... Even Jesus. Whether the forerunner is for us entered. Even Jesus. And I want you to imagine tonight. That you're down by the seaside. The tide is out. And a ship with its large draft. Is unable to enter the harbour. It lies off the coast in the bay. And as you watch, you see a little ship. It makes its way out of the harbour. This little vessel pulls along side the great ship, the larger vessel. And as you continue to look, You see the anchor of the large vessel. It is placed down into the smaller vessel. And it's taken to the harbor. Where it is safely moored. The man in the little vessel. He is known as the forerunner. He pictures for us. The Lord Jesus Christ, wherefore the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus. It's a lovely picture, men and women. It speaks of that final thought, the conclusion of the journey, making our way into the glory. And it speaks to us of many lovely truths. It speaks firstly of Christ's guidance. The forerunners showed the way. The ship would simply follow the anchor rope and was safely guided into the harbour. There's a very precious word in Psalm 78 in verses 52 and 53. Speaking there of the Lord's dealing with his people, even in their wilderness wanderings. And we read there, but made his own people to go forth like sheep, and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. And he led them on safely. Oh underline those words child of God in a word that is opposed to the Christian and all that is holy remember something and he led them on safely so that they feared not. The Lord guides us continually with his eye. It also reminds us of our safety In verse 19, there is mention here of the anchor of our soul is both sure and steadfast. We can rest our souls tonight in his divine faithfulness. It's impossible as we read tonight for the Lord to lie. We have gospel hope That's mentioned here, even in the verse 18, upon the hope set before us. And the Christian's hope is so much different to the hope of the world. You know the way you speak to the ungodly and you speak to them maybe about eternity and about where their soul would be and they will say to you, well I hope it's going to be all right. In other words, they, they're just hoping for the best. They've really nothing to base that hope upon. They just hope everything will go okay. And it'll be ground at the end. But the hope here that is in the Bible, the hope that the believer enjoys, that hope that we have tonight is so much different even to the hope of the ungodly. For gospel hope is nothing to do with what the word speaks of. It is something that is certain. It is something that we can have absolute confidence upon. We have that gospel hope that because Christ has saved us, one day we shall be with him for all eternity. I am reminded of the words of the hymn writer. Though the angry surges roll on my tempest driven soul, I am peaceful, for I know, wildly though the winds may blow, I've an anchor safe and sure that can evermore endure. It speaks of our guidance, it speaks of our safety. It speaks of the Lord's preparation. Remember how the forerunner went before the great vessel. He entered the harbor and the people knew whenever the time came, the proper time and the calendar we could say tonight Of the Lord. When the time comes. That God says to Ian Campbell. Your time is up. I want you to come up higher. When that day comes. I will leave it all behind. Gladly. And go to be with Christ. Can you say that? And when the time would come. For this great vessel. And when it was. There was sufficient water that it could then go into the harbour. The ship would eventually follow into the harbour and dock there safely. And Whenever our divinely appointed time comes, we will enter in within the veil. But before that, there is the tremendous preparation that is being made for our arrival. Just as it would have been for the ship's arrival. Christ our forerunner. He is the first fruits of his chosen. His glorious victory. And honor will be seen in his bringing many sons to glory. As Hebrews 2 and 10 tells us. And right now as he's told us in John 14. He has gone to prepare a place for us. How often in the Bible ships are mentioned. You remember that psalm when my heart is overwhelmed within me lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The picture there again is of a ship. A ship tossed and turned in the In the storms of life. Threatened almost with sure sinking or sure destruction. And when we're like that in our lives. The psalmist said Lord lead me to the rock. To the one who brings me safety. And the one who will keep me securely. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And if you would be so kind to turn with me please. Please. Even to the second epistle of Peter, the chapter one. And I want you to notice the verse number eleven. Here we have the thought of those who have lived for God and labored for God and been faithful for the Lord. And here in Second Peter chapter 1 and the verse 1 we read these words for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. And that's a picture again of a ship. I'm giving away my age now. I know some of you won't remember it. I know some of you will need to Google it. But please do that as long as you don't Google anything else on the Lord's Day. I think it would be uh, it would tie up the message for you. But if, if you're concerned about it being the Lord's Day, then do it tomorrow morning. And Google this. Google about the Falklands War. And Google about the, the boats coming in. Maybe just best to do it tomorrow morning. And about the boats coming back to Portsmouth and to Plymouth. They come back from the war. They came back as those who had been victorious. And you will surely see little video clips of the people with their Union flags and how they flew them and cheered and cheered as the vessels came even into the dock. Home victorious from the battle for Queen and for country, as it was in those days. And that's the picture here in 2 Peter 1 and 11. For those who are faithful to the Lord. For those who stand for God in their day and generation. For those, for those even who add these precious graces to their faith. To faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. And to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience. And to patience godliness and to godliness Brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. And those who have lived for God and labored for God. And grown in grace for God. There's coming a day dear child of God. When like those boats that came back from the Falklands war and victory. There will be that tremendous entrance into the glory. What a day of rejoicing. That will be for the believer. Turning back to Hebrews chapter 6, the forerunner, it speaks, it speaks to us also of his concern, because the forerunner would never forget the ship, waiting for that ship to dock. And child of God, the Lord Jesus, as we've already mentioned today in this house, will never forget us. He watches over our in, our interests. The word of God says he has graven us upon the palms of his hand. I don't know about you, but I've got that tremendous habit of writing things on the palms of my hand, but you can wash it off, but you're not going to wash something off that's engraven in the palms, the palm of the hand. How precious we are to him. It speaks too of our affection and of our union to Christ. You see the ship long to reach the harbour. And do we not long to be with Christ? We look forward to that day when we will be with him. Because he first loved us. And Christ loves us with an everlasting love and looks forward to having all his redeemed with him to behold his glory. That's why the Apostle Paul, he penned those words to the Colossian believers, set your affections on things above. The Apostle Paul, he was in that strait betwixt two having that desire to depart, to be with Christ, which is far better, nevertheless to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. All three lovely pictures of Christ commencing as we flee to the refuge. Our communion as we continue in the place of prayer. The conclusion. Because the forerunner has already gone before us and entered into the glory. I trust tonight, Christian, that the Lord will bless these simple thoughts to your heart and make them an encouragement to you even in the coming days.